Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. in 2021 which is crazy so that's wild but it's not too bad it's a saturday there's bowl games on nfl games on it's a sports fans life and dreams come true and we're just days away from christmas yeah a week away that's why we're not having a podcast you know this time next week because you know, it's going to be Christmas Day. And I got some, you know, Twitter gave me some good Christmas questions to, you know, that's going to be the final segment of this show. But let's reflect on what's happened in 2020, 2021. I can't even remember the year anymore here in the Pirates beat. Jared and I have pretty fearlessly marched through it the entire way through, whether it was this podcast or Young Bucks R.I.P. Pour one out for Young Bucks. Yeah. So, Jared, I I just want to go back to the beginning of the season before things really got started. And we were looking at prospect lists and, you know, where this organization was going long term. Here we are almost one whole calendar year later. Not to put words in your mouth, I think – you'll agree that farm system wise pirates continue to trend in the right direction, but major league product, Yeah. 2022 isn't going to be that much better than 2021, which by itself was, was pretty horrible. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, <laughs> 2023 is a wild time for me. That's when I think Penn state's supposed to be good. The pirates are supposed to be really good. Robert Morris hockey is back in 2023. Let's skip 2022. Yeah. Linearity of time is just a jerk like that. You can't do it. I mean, 32 going on to 33. I don't know that there, I mean, there's, there aren't any good songs. I guess everybody could like you when you're 33, but yeah, 2023 is supposed to be a wild year, but that's going to be an interesting year for the pirates. I mean, we saw that great group in Greensboro last year. They're going to be in your neck of the woods next year for Altoona. So 2023 promotions to the majors seems really 
you know, on the table for guys like Gonzalez and Pagero and Quinn Priester and just basically that whole core that's supposed to be the basis of, you know, the next competitive Pirates team. Yeah, I, I'm very excited to see those guys in Altoona and watch. With my luck, they'll end up skipping double and go straight to AAA without collecting go or going past go and collecting $200 and collecting a couple of coaster shots along the way. But, yeah, I mean, it's a good group. Um, I think it's a close-knit group, which is huge um, moving forward as they advance up the ranks. So it's going to be interesting to see where Charrington and company put them to start. Um, I, I do think that they'll end up in Altoona at least to start and then venture off to Indianapolis. But, you know, this is going to be a good group. I think Henry Davis starts at double A. I think, you know, there, there's a lot that can happen. Um, but there's a lot of excitement for 2022 in the minor league system. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is something that's been floated in like live cues and everything. Like with the lockout and everything going on, you got to emphasize the minor leagues in 2022. Well, I I think we just start in general. I mean, I, I'm mad at myself. I didn't get to make the trip down to Greensboro. Tom Reed did, which, you know, was, was great. You got to see them in Altoona. I got to make a couple trips out to Altoona, but you did that as well. Got down to Indianapolis or over to Indianapolis, Mm -hmm. graphically speaking. So like, it's not like we neglected, you know, we got calls from people in Bradenton. We were able to, you know, stretch our arms a little. I, I just, I wish I could have spent like a weekend, you know, in Greensboro, just like disconnect from the major league team for it. But, you know, that was, it was a crazy season. Didn't really get that opportunity. You doing some major league reps next year would definitely give me some, some free time, which will be nice. Yeah, no, I think that, and I think that's what makes it fun because, you know, Alex and I joke around all the time about, us being friends and we're not, we actually hate each other. Um, to be perfectly honest, I hate his guts off the screen and and off the, off the air, but, but that's what makes a team work. Like, especially on on baseball, baseball is a grind. It's 365 days a year, 162 games ish. Um, it's a lot. It's every day from February 15th all the way to November 15th. Well, for some teams, um, obviously the pirates are done way before that, but you know, you know, you have to have a good support system. So, and, and our goal, I think here with DK Pittsburgh sports and for the pirates podcast to be named later, formerly, um, young bucks. Um, it, it's, it's one of those situations where, Hey, you got to do its best. And right now the minor league systems where it's at. So the minor league systems are niche. We have myself, we have Alex, we have Corey Geiger as well the longest tenured um, beat writer in uh, minor league baseball doing stuff in Altoona. So we have a lot of options and we're going to I think really turn up our, our minor league coverage here in 2022, but also still keep the same unique quality content for the pirates as well. And I think that's, what's going to make, um, make this site to see um, moving forward for pirates baseball. To have this relate back to Pirates baseball, the major league product on the field. Since end of the season, we're in a lockout. We don't have a whole lot. of. We'll spend some time talking about the coaching, you know, changes and what's going on there in the second segment. But before we wrap it up, segment one here, Jared, I want you to say three nice things about the 2021 Pittsburgh Pirates. I got to cover a game. I got to cover three games. 
None of them had. I almost had to die for it, Jared. Don't forget. You had the sniffles. You were (laughs) asymptomatic. Very. That's right. But we did see each other through a distance. I broke into your car, got parking pass. Um, Yes, that happened. And of those three games, none of them had any pregame availability. I obviously covered a a day game or a weeknight game on Wednesday, and it rained. September 11th. They had ceremonies before the game, no be, no pregame batting practice. And then Sunday matinee game, there was no availability. So that was fun, but got to, got to cover a game. There's promise in the future. And as a segue, changes are coming. There we go. Three good things from Jared Kruger. Hey, we got some coaching changes and just a bunch that's being shaken up right now throughout the pirate system. We're going to talk about like actual pirates baseball here in segment two. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Podcast Network. Alex, we ended the last segment without you saying three things that you can be thankful for for the 2021 season. No, it's three nice things. Three nice things. Sorry, I'm in Thanksgiving and holiday mode. My bad. But three okay. nice things about the 2021 season. Uh, Brian Reynolds, David Bednar, and Key Brian Hayes. You, to how, so what is the ransom that Bednar has on you? Because you voted for him for Rookie of the Year, the only guy. You're I, you know what? saying he's a nice thing that happened. Are you, is he on your speed dial right now? I don't know if I put this anywhere. Uh, Pirates did a uh, Thanksgiving giveaway, the food drive, that Bednar was there. And I, you know, I went over there and was like, I feel like I owe you a case of Icy Light for that. <laughs> so, but no, it was a well-deserved vote. And it's a well-deserved case of Icy Light. Yeah. I told him the mango. I like the mango one out of the Okay, place. that's fair. That's fair. I used to listen, I see light used to be my stuff, man. I Iron City River water. It's I love it. It's it's no, you know. If there are no any Belgium representatives or... from IC Light listening to this, we would love to have you as a sponsor for this fine podcast and everything else we have here at the DK Fisper Food Podcast Network. Please Is that reach conflict out to with us. mics? No, because we can drink IC Light at mics. That goes against the spirit of Mike's, though. I go to Mike's, I go and I get a sour or, or Belgium that I can't get anywhere else in Pittsburgh. That's what I do that for. Come on. Well, listen, I like to get my domestics. I don't like to mix it up. All right. All right. Enough free advertising. Let's talk about what's going on with the Pirates coaching staff. One departure at the major league level, one departure at the minor league level. The minor league one is definitely the more compelling out of the two because – Jared, you got a lot of time 
to talk and get to know Joel Hanrahan whenever he was with Altoona in 2019. This guy is going to be a major league pitching coach or at the very least a bullpen coach someday in the future. And hey, you know, he, he didn't get any into any details whenever we talked, but he said that he had something more or less lined up, you know, already. So maybe that day is coming up very soon. This, not to over, the sky is falling, the Pirates lost a minor league pitching coach, but this guy was their minor league coach of the year. And I, I don't think it's controversial to say he was one of the better coaches that they had throughout the system, and they kind of let him go for no good reason. Yeah, I mean, Hammerham was university beloved, universally beloved as a player. That when he was the closer for the Pirates, everybody loved him. Obviously, he gets sent to the Red Sox in a trade in his career really isn't the same. Well, Neil Huntington calls him up, says, hey, we have a spot open for you if you'd like to take up coaching. He takes it up. And, and lo and behold, here he is five years later. He's one of the best coaches in the system. Players love him. The coaches he coaches with love him. And, you know, it, it, it's just one of those situations where you, there are a lot more questions and answers at this point right now. Um, and I wish Hanrahan all the best he was fun to watch as a player when we were growing up, but, you know, being able to cover him and, and he was always open and available. I was able to talk to him uh, quite a few times uh, in Altoona and then this summer in Indianapolis, and he just gets it. He understands the game, but he, he blends that new school analytics with old school, just being personable and, and just building those relationships. And yeah, I think it does. It has helped Mitch Keller to an extent. You can see it helping Max Kranick. So it's just one of those situations where it's kind of why when you look at it, you know, the Pirates do have an open spot there. They have two guys doing the job of three right now on the big league pitching staff. It's why not Joel Hanrahan, but maybe Ben Sherrington has something bigger up his sleeves. And obviously Joel Hanrahan has something bigger coming up for himself as well. See, I, I have a hard time believing the, you know, having something bigger up his sleeves though in this situation. And I don't want to put words in Joel Hanrahan's mouth. And this is, this is purely speculation on my part. Actually, this first part is a speculation. Joel Hanrahan wants to coach at the major league level. It's as simple as that. And the way to do that is either to get a, a major league coaching position, which after five years of being a minor league coach is definitely in play or to become a pitching coordinator or some other front office role, something else that he would be qualified for because he has been doing this in the minor leagues for five years on top of that playing career on top of it. So in both cases, this is the speculation part on my, on my end, the pirates offered him a minor league contract. They offered him multi-year contracts. I can't help but think maybe if they would have worked out some way, that, you know, you coach in the minor leagues one more year and then you're a major league coach. Like maybe that could have gotten the job done, but it was major leagues was just never brought up at any point in this equation. And I, I don't blame someone like if, if Oscar Marine just, he and Joe Hanrahan, maybe they don't not say that they're not compatible because they were compatible but there's a difference you know relationship you know up at the major league level versus you know a major league coach and a minor league coach major league pitching coaches have you know some level of synergy with the minor leagues maybe works fine there maybe it doesn't work fine 
at a major league level, whatever the case may be. I don't know. I just have a hard time finding a way that I Oscar Marie doesn't have the results yet. And I don't blame people who are frustrated with what the Pirates pitching has done the last two years because it's not good. I take the approach that there's only so much juice you can squeeze out of the Chase DeYoung orange, out of the Trevor Cahill orange, out of all these guys that have come through that are not really major league pitchers. Every single time there's a waiver claim going through, I, I give Oscar more or less a buy from these first two years because there just hasn't been that much to work with. And we can talk about Mitch Keller and Mitch Keller. I think his problem goes beyond just a pitching coach. Like something may have been touched in that last start of the season. He looked pretty good. He was actually extending something he hadn't done all season long, whatever the reason is for his struggles at the major league level. I don't know how much you could throw that on the pitching coach's feet, but that's basically the one example of like a true blue, this guy's supposed to be good and he's not that you could throw, you know, at Oscar Marine's fault. But I, at the major league level, I see them taking a lot of good positive steps. If he actually had a lot of major league talent to go there, I don't think we would be thinking, you know, twice with Oscar Marine. I think he's building a good infrastructure. He just doesn't have the pieces for it right now. Justin message, I think is a terrific bullpen coach. He's very good at preparing his guys, getting his guys ready. He's well-respected in there. I think there are two good pitching coaches there, but everyone else in baseball has at least three. I don't know why there is just this divide of why it has to be just two. The Pirates made some changes to their major league coaching staff for the first time in the Derek Shelton era and not on the pitching side. It's, yeah. it's just confusing. I, mean, I, I Jeremy Bleich is in there also, but he's also more like the analytics guy. So if you want to count that as a coach, a third coach, then maybe the Pirates have three. But no, they, you need three traditional major league coaches, and they don't. And they had the clear third guy, you know, waiting. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a tough pill to swallow because I think we, we all know that Joel Hanrahan can do it. I mean, every pitcher that I've talked to in the last three years has mentioned what Hanrahan has meant to him, whether that's Mitch Keller, whether that's Kranich, whether that's anybody. I mean, it, it, it's just one of those situations where they love working for him. They uh, He gets it. He's a personable coach. He understands what they're going through as, as major leaguers. Um. And that's just one of those situations where it's it's like why what is what is this what is the Pirates end game for that position for the major league staff because you know is it going to work I mean yeah there, is there anything to work with has there been anything to work with no probably not and that's you know when you're going through a rebuild or reload or however you want to say it that's just kind of the nature of the beast uh, for everybody so that's a situation too um, but. Yeah, it, it, it's tough. It, it's really weird to me because this is a guy that I think he just won Coach of the Year award. And you can't find a place for him at the major league level, whether you think it's warranted or even online. And, and to me, for a guy that's probably knocking on the door pretty pretty hard to get to the next level, I would say the minor league contract extension is probably a slap in the face. Yeah. I mean, it, it was – 
Joel made sure to bring that up. Like the negotiations were fine, like in terms of money. The Pirates offered single year, multi year. They were trying to find ways to keep him. They explored basically every single avenue besides making him a major league pitching coach or coordinator. And we're going to speculate for that in the while. Joel Hanrahan, he has a very strong major league trajectory. He is going to become a, a bullpen coach or pitching coach at the major league level. He checks basically every box that you want out of a guy like that. Right. And just to wrap up real fast here, because I did threaten to, uh, Herbie Adondre, who had been with the organization for 18 years as a bullpen catcher and a catching assistant, he is moving on to the Padres so he could be reunited with Francisco Cervelli, presumably. So there we go. There's there's two people there. And Padres well, are getting a lot of people. They also got Brian Esposito. Yeah, I was going to mention that too, the former Indianapolis Indians manager. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it, it, it's it's the coaching carousel now, both in, in a lot of different ways and a lot of different areas. Um, but no, I, I'm interested to see how the staff works out. I mean they they made they've made finals, the, some hires, and you know what? They're they're trusting Derek Shelton to make the right decisions and, and and surround him with the people that he needs to surround himself with. And you know, at the end of the day, that wasn't Joel Hanrahan. Uh, for whatever reason, I'd be very interested to see. Uh, or listen to what the coaches, what the coaching staff, and what um, what Sherrington thought, uh, and what they think of Joel. I'm sure it'll be complimentary to an extent, but I'm very interested to see why they didn't feel he was quite ready for that step just yet. Yeah, I, I, that's one of those I hope someone spills like why why he wasn't considered a major league ready coach, which. I do not know. I do not know yet right now. I'll be open with that. I have asked. I will continue to ask because that is something that definitely warrants an explanation. And I think we can end it right there. (laughs) Whenever we come back, we're going to end on a far more uh, light note. I'm going to grill Jared with the Christmas questions that you guys asked us. to the podcast to be named later here in the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Jared, I didn't tag you this time, so you, these questions are going to be completely blind to you. I've had a little time to premeditate here, uh, but this is Lockout Episode 3. This last segment is not baseball-related because there is no actual baseball going on at the moment, so our non-topic or non-baseball topics to riff about are all Christmas questions. So here we go, Jared. What is your favorite Christmas cookie? Chocolate chip. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I, I was going to call you out like, is that really christmas But no, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, buttermilk for me. That is. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, is Elf a Christmas movie? Absolutely. Is it? How is it not? I mean, there's there's the Santa aspect on it, but it's really more a family movie. It's a fish out of water type of deal. I, this is something Steve Brightman asked. It is a family. 
based movie where an elf yes. looks to find his real family, but he's Santa Claus's helper. Okay, but how much and it is, is it? Christmas season? It, it, I mean, Die Hard is a damn Christmas movie. It's pretty. It's probably less of a Christmas movie than Die Hard, in my opinion. What are you talking about? I mean, if Die Hard's a Christmas movie because it takes place during Christmas, you know, the Elf definitely is. I mean, that's basically it, though. That's the only attachment, other than like a. In Santa, Santa's real. That, that that's done after like ten pages in, in the screenplay. It's that it's pretty much just end of the fish end. out of water. Fixes his sleigh. That's at the very end. You're it's talking to a guy that's dressed up as Elf. Come on, man. Yeah. Elf is a Christmas okay. movie. Elf is first 10% absolutely Christmas movie, last 10% absolutely Christmas movie, then 80% it could be anything. And listening to Zoe Deschanel dance, or uh, sing, that works too. Yeah. All right, Josh Taylor, friend of the podcast, speaking of Die Hard, says, why are Die Hard and Home Alone basically the same exact movie only to be duplicated in their sequels? I'm going to let you in on a secret, Jared. I have not seen Home Alone too. <laughs> Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So <laughs> that works. Excellent me. question, Joshua. Uh, what is your favorite Christmas special slash movie? And, and Michael Lynch suggested Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, which after Googling, I am even more confused about what that is. <laughs> um, my favorite Christmas special is anything Charlie Brown. I like Snoopy and I like Charlie Brown. And not, and clearly, some people on this podcast, I'm not going to name names, Alex, think that certain movies aren't Christmas movies, even though they discuss <laughs> characters that are named that are revolve around Christmas character. For me, it's it's the animated Grinch, All right? The That's the old right. one from the '60s. And I'm gonna here is my Christmas hot take: The Grinch did not hate Christmas; he hated people. He hated people because people are noisy jagoffs, and he wanted some damn peace and quiet. That's what it is. That's the motivation behind he, everything. He, he was an angry Yinzer. <laughs> Get him some Iron City. There we go. There we go. And to wrap it all off, one more. Luigi Bot said that getting a gift card is worse than actually getting a present because you, or getting a present that you don't actually like. Jared. What is the worst gift card that you have ever been given for Christmas? Oh, man. I wouldn't say that. I don't know that there's a bad gift card. Um, I do find value in gift cards all the time. I think the worst, the worst gift for me growing up, um, my, my grandmother used to give me something awful every year. And it, like, it was just not like, it would be like from like, a, like a discount store and it'd be like the cheesiest random shirt ever and i think i got something Steelers one time and i am just not clearly a Steelers fan um so that was one thing oh and when i was growing up i'm actually the one sport that i do tend to become a fan in is the nfl and i like the dallas cowboys now i didn't at the time i was a big tennessee titans fan growing up steve mcnair rest in peace was my boy him and Javon Curse, Kevin Dyson, Frank Wycheck, Eddie George. Back when Jeff Fisher was more than just eight and seven, um, and eight and eight. 
um, that was my team. So my my grandmother got me an Emmett Smith cowboy shirt and a, and a Cowboys turtleneck. And there are pictures of me just looking straight up miserable as I wore <laughs> it. Like, it's awful. My mom like still has them somewhere. <laughs> And the Cowboys have bought, brought you nothing but misery since, right? Absolutely. Yeah, there's no such thing as happiness at this time of year. Although this year they're not eliminated from the playoffs right now, so there is still hope, which means at some point they're going to break every fiber of my, my, my confidence and my heart. Well, we'll see if they're still not eliminated two weeks from now whenever we come back. No podcast next week. Thank you so much for listening throughout all of 2021. We really appreciate it. Jared and I, we've podcasted in the past. We can't believe that this has the outreach that it does right now. This is insane. Thank you all so much. Have a very, very Christmas and happy holidays. We will see you in 2022.